0: Okay my loves, before we dive into this episode, I have an announcement for all of you. Over the past few months I've had this call and it has been reflected to some of to me from some of you that this is something that is desired to share how to do quantum healing work. So for those of you that don't know, I am certified in quantum healing and multidimensional uh, healing modalities through Caragos. I spoke with her about it and she thinks this is a wonderful idea. So I'm gonna be teaching some of what she teaches and also um, bringing in my own wisdom into this program that I am launching right now. You guys, Quantum Healing Academy is open for enrollment in this program, we're going to be talking about how to really understand energetics. I'm going to be teaching you guys how to access your psychic abilities and deepen your psychic abilities. I'm going to be teaching you guys how to do repairs in your your clients' energetic fields as well as your own that aren't really taught but are so important. I've been seeing a ton of circuitry issues with clients. I've been seeing different like crystals out in the energetic field. I've been seeing metal um, entities psychic attack black magic imprints illusions programs there are so many things that are in the field that if we know how to look for are so simple to fix but we aren't necessarily trained when we get reiki certified or energetic certified or uh, akashic record certified how to look for these things and i think it's so powerful and so impactful i know for me there have been so many shifts to my health, um, to my physical being, to how I feel energetically since I started doing this work. And I wanna teach you guys how to do it. So in this program, again, we're gonna be learning how to clear all of these things from the field. You're gonna be learning about um energetic ethics like how do you be responsible with energetics how to expand your psychic abilities we're gonna teach you how to bring back soul fragments and soul loss how to clear imprints and illusions so for those of you who are like life coaches or um, therapists and you're feeling intuitively that you're bumping up against these blocks with your clients or that there's energies or frequencies running that you're picking up on but you're not sure how to clear I'm going to teach you guys how to clear all of that. We're also going to be learning how to seal spaces. So to me, this is so important. I've been to events, you guys, where I will literally feel the um, spiritual warfare happening behind the scenes. And I didn't understand it until the past few years. And it's been so powerful to know that. I know how to lock down my containers. I know how to seal my containers. I know how to protect my containers Um, and just keep that energetic integrity in the space that I hold. It's something that's so important and also not talked about. So if you felt called to learn how to do quantum healing modalities, if you have had a healing with me and you're like, I just want to go deeper. And I want to understand how to do this for myself. This program is open for enrollment. Through May 15th, there is a special pre-sale offer going. So if you got the email, if you're on the wait list, make sure to check that out. It's also on the landing page. The prices will go up come mid-May. So if you're feeling called, make sure to claim your spot. There are limited spots available. I want to keep this container really intimate because we're going to be doing... um, it is going to be a certification program. So we are going to be doing practice sessions on one another and I want to keep it intimate. I want to keep it, um, with the right souls in the container and it's going to be powerful and potent. Okay. I'm just not talking about it again. You can go to shelbyrose.com forward slash Q H a, or the link is in the show notes and get more details there. I love you guys. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Rose. And today we have Lata here to really talk to us about self worth and all sorts of other good stuff that we're going to dive into. Before we dive into our conversation, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about who you are, your journey, and kind of where you got how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Lata J. I'm a spiritual manifestation coach, and I've been in the coaching industry, I guess we'll say for the past 10 years now, almost 11 years now. So I've been here for a while. (laughs) But before I became a coach, I actually went to medical school, which I know some people get surprised about when I share that. I'm not a doctor and I'm not your doctor, but I did go to medical school. And um, I ended up leaving medical school in my last year when I kind of had this I don't know. I want to say it's, it was an awakening. It was like, I went through the dark end of the soul. I had a terrible time Mm. through medical school. I hated it. I felt like this deep feeling of misalignment, even though I was doing really well in it. Right. I was a top student. I was in all the honors classes and all that stuff doing great, but I still felt like something was truly missing. And what was missing was like my own, alignment to like my life purpose, right? I always knew my life purpose was to help people from a very, very young age. I knew that that aspect of it. And uh, I'm Indian. So my parents were like, great. You like to help people become a doctor. That's what you do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, I, so, I mean, like really to put this into perspective, I have two, two siblings and they're both doctors, right? One is a vascular surgeon. The other one is an anesthesiologist and I'm the third one. And I, am well, I'm the middle child of the three and uh, it was just so out of alignment for me. So my family had like a trajectory of, of wanting to help people and be in a space of service. And, you know, naturally I was just like, well, everybody in my family kind of goes this way. Let me go this way right? Yes. I'm part of the pack kind of thing. But what I quickly realized was like, there was just so misalignment for me because I had different beliefs. I was raised by my grandmother and she always taught us this deep rooted thing of really being able to heal ourselves and how much like nutrition and food played a role in that. She, she believes in Ayurveda, which is like the ancient art of it's an ancient science that stemmed from India about truly healing yourself with herbs and nutrition and really understanding your body as a whole, right? It wasn't that you just had to eat well, but have no spirituality. It was that you really had to have all of this together and be able to exercise yeah. and have social interactions. It was, it was like a whole body healing aspect. And that's really what I, I'm so drawn to. So in my last year of medical school, a few months before graduation, I decided to leave. And I uh, kind of, that's what really like sparked this whole thing of changing my life and figuring out what I actually wanted to do.
0: Yeah. And I was telling you before we hit record, it's just amazing to me how many people start off in the wellness world and realize that as they clean up their diet and their nutrition, they come into alignment with self. They're able to hear themselves a little bit more clearly. It sparks this like spiritual awakening. It's like this pattern that I see in almost every person I talk to that's part of their awakening path. Absolutely. I have a friend
1: of mine who's a psychiatrist. Uh, and she has like started this whole platform on how psychiatric meds are over prescribed, but really what the foundation of it is, is like people not dealing with necessarily deep trauma or mm-hmm. using psychiat- psychiatric medication as a crutch to like be on forever. Well, it could be used and utilized. Of course, I, I'm totally down for psychiatric meds. When yeah. you absolutely need it. And then to use a multimodality approach, including diet, including wellness and yeah. support and social systems and spirituality and prayer, like everything in there yes. to really give you the guidance to get back to your life in a different way. And um, she's been posting a lot about it. And of course, getting a lot of pushback because, you know, people don't want to be challenged and what they believe, but Mm -hmm. it's been an interesting kind of, I guess, progress of of just watching how she's stepping into this whole idea of that kind of is causing a little bit of, mm, I don't know, friction around the the medical world, you know, like not everybody needs psychiatric meds, you know, not every child that has ADHD needs ADHD medication. It's, you know, sometimes can rub people the wrong way, but.
0: it totally can. And it's, I think it's difficult to say, like, it gives the power back to the person. I -hmm. think that's, and I think sometimes that's actually really scary. Like to say, I have the, I, you know, we, I just think about like, we take a diagnosis and it's like, well, now this can be my, my out, my reason, my, whatever it is. And to say like, no, I'm actually going to use these meds to actually go deeper Mm -hmm. and do the work. I'm going to use these meds to regulate. And some people do need to be that on them for, you know, it's like each person's path is different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so there's like, there's that empowerment to know what's right for you. And I think Mm -hmm. it, it just opens that dialogue and that conversation for the people who are seeking something different.
1: Yeah. And about the diagnosis thing you were mentioning, sometimes a diagnosis, people will take that diagnosis as who they are, right. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll then become, I'm depressed, <laughs> you know, or yeah. I am, I am whatever, or I'm dealing, you know, I'm doing this, I'm ADHD, you know, and then that becomes their new identity of it and how yeah. they interact with the world <laughs> rather than someone, you know, I'm Carol and I have ADHD. I, <laughs> you know, I yes. am Mike and I deal with depressive episodes, you know, kind of thing, but it yeah. it, it really shifts from just having being something that they have to being them, you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm just kind of like, Ooh, that, that can be like a difference in conversation and a different way to look at things
0: here. So. I'm laughing because I've totally watched too many TikTok videos and I've gotten sucked down the ADHD rattle am Like, Oh my, I feel so <laughs> validated in it. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I understand like why I am mm-hmm. the way I am. Mm-hmm. And also I've been using it as like a, <laughs> Well, I have ADHD, I have ADHD, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I over identify with it a little bit, but I was laughing because I was like, yep, yeah, I've totally used that like self-diagnosis mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So what I do want to talk to you about this, this is great. And, but I also want to talk about like manifestation and worth, because I think it's something that's been coming mm-hmm. up as I was sharing with you for so many of my clients, for myself, it's almost like a collective theme that's coming up right now. Mm-hmm. And what I really want to dive into is I think sometimes we don't realize that we have low self-worth because we're really good at lying to ourselves. And most of us who've been on the spiritual path um, have done the work and we're like, no, no, no. I love myself. I've got high self-worth, but then Mm. the manifestations aren't maybe falling into line or we're settling for something that's really not in alignment. So my first Mm -hmm. question that I really want to dive into is how do we actually identify that our worth isn't matching what we're really our actual value,
1: Mm. like our view
0: of self? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. So I think a lot
1: of times it really goes in line with what we were just talking about because we identify our self-worth with what we have labeled ourselves as, which is completely false, right? So someone might identify their self-worth as, um, I am a millionaire and then that is like your self-worth, right? I am a mother and then that equals your self-worth. I am, you know, whatever. And it's like, whatever we're creating for us is our self-worth rather than us understanding that our self-worth is innate, it's a birthright. You are worthy and it doesn't matter what the label is. It doesn't matter anything else, right? So when we come back to remembering what our true worth is, what we've always been worthy of, it really shifts us. It really shifts the conversation and it affects our manifestations. Um, When we're in a space of understanding our true self-worth, when we're in a space of understanding our own power of creation, things flow easily, <laughs> you know, and abundantly and things can come to us. It really like with this, with a snap thing, you just manifest very, very quickly when you're in that alignment, when you're in that space of understanding who you are, when you're in that high vibrational space, I talk a lot about high vibrational emotions. My three favorite <laughs> are <laughs> uh, love, happiness, and gratitude. And those are really high vibrational emotions. Right. So when you are looking to shift your self-worth or the idea of your self-worth from being like dependent on something, right? Like only if I graduate medical school am I worthy. Right. When I when I graduate college and get a business degree, I'm worthy. When I start my company, when my company hits $2 million, I'm worthy. Right. Rather than setting those things, really truly understanding your own self-worth. There's so much power in that. And that really comes from our own um, limiting beliefs. And a big part of manifesting is working, doing the shadow work around your limiting beliefs. Because once you're able to kind of understand your limiting belief and where it came from through shadow work, you're able to allow that to like loosen its grip upon you so that you can make different choices in your life. And that's when your manifestations flow.
0: Hmm. I'm almost hearing too, that there are some indicators of that, like lower self-worth in the stories you're telling. Mm -hmm. The way you speak to yourself. So I think maybe that first step is even just witnessing how you're speaking to yourself, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's like, like if you had a client come to you and they're saying, I'm really blocked on my manifestations or everything mm-hmm. that I, you know, is not happening. Mm-hmm. Where would you start them in unraveling and on, um, you know, getting into that shadow work?
1: Yeah, sure. So I talk about the six steps of manifesting, a lot. So you probably have, if you've ever heard me do another podcast or anything like that, you probably heard me talking about it, but it's so important. Right. And we can kind of run through those really quick. So the first step of manifesting is really understanding what it is that you want being clear on what you want. Mm. Um, you know, it's (laughs) not, it's not just saying, oh, I want a raise or I want more money in my Mm. life, or I want, um, you know, a new car. It's saying, Hey, I want a 2022 green Subaru. (laughs) It's saying, you know, I want, um, a $20,000 raise at work. It's I want to be able to increase my income by that like it's being in a very in a very specific place of clarity because you wouldn't walk into a restaurant and sit down and say hey bring me food right Mm -hmm. Because the waitress is going to be like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that, right? Because the waitress could bring you then a meatloaf. She could bring you a slice of pizza. She could bring you some chicken wings and fries. Like, what did you want? You weren't specific. Mm -hmm. You said food. And then whatever meal you get, you're going to be disappointed in because you weren't specific on what exactly it was that you wanted. And the universe works the same way. So when you are clear in your order that you're replacing with faith to the universe, that's what you're going to get back. Right. So having that clarity is really key. And that kind of like pushes us into step number two, which is the limiting belief step. And we were kind of mentioning that, but really being able to understand what comes up for you when you think about you know, making more money when you, when you're manifesting, you know, having that clarity of having that new car, or, you know, riding in my Rolls Royce or my, you know, Land Rover, whatever it is that you want to manifest and show what does it you know, what comes up for you when you think about manifesting that perfect partner? does, is it the idea? Like nobody will love me or Mm -hmm. there's, there's no good men out there. There's no good women out there. You know, what is that that comes up to you? Because that's the indication of your limiting beliefs, right? Those fears, (laughs) that's, what's limiting us throughout our life. So really addressing them, but just like you were saying, it's not necessarily curing them. It's not healing them completely. It's not getting them out of there. It's observing them it's being in that understanding that they exist and identifying them as what they are because then later on when they come up for you you can be like oh wait that's a limiting belief and it's not true you know it's not that there's it's not that there's no good men out there there's plenty of people out there for you you know there's eight billion people in the world you don't think that there's one good person out there you know (laughs) so you really have to be able to to be in that space of identifying it. And like I had mentioned before, like really doing some shadow work can help you in allowing that limiting belief to not have such a control over you as you're moving forward, you know, in your life.
0: Yeah. But and I almost, mm-hmm. I almost feel like, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was just saying, I was like, I almost feel like too, it's like the knowing that your mind works just like every other human on this planet. And that we all have Mm -hmm. these limiting stories that are running. I think for me, that's something that's so empowering to say like, oh, this is just how the human brain works. And like, Mm -hmm. we all have these thoughts. And if I can just look at them and notice them and witness them and realize that that's my mind and not actually my soul and myself talking, that is just the collective unconscious and how the human has been speaking to itself. Maybe because we picked up a limiting belief from... Yeah. family or a friend or, yeah. you know, yeah. grade school, whatever or, it is, but
1: yeah. Or a moment of trauma, you know, a yeah. lot of living beliefs come from those moments. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. And you know what? A limiting belief, any, any belief is really just a thought that you continue to tell yourself again mm-hmm. and again, and you continue to believe. And the power in that in understanding that is that you can change that thought, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. tell you, start telling yourself a different thought and things yeah. can really change, which kind of takes us into step number three, right? Step number three is all about affirmations. So say that limiting belief came up for you that like, Oh, I'm not lovable. Your new affirmation would be, I am lovable right? And you're going to start to really create that for yourself and repeat it to yourself again and again, and again, you're going to write it down. I'm a big believer of putting pen to paper and the power of pen to paper manifestation. It does something it's like magical, but I think that there's a little more to it. It really takes the, the idea out of the thought space, the ether space of your mind and brings it one step closer to reality. When you put pen to paper, um, I always write down my manifestations and when mm-hmm. I do they come to fruition so quickly. And whenever I have a manifestation, I'm rolling around my head a little bit and I'm like, yeah, this is taking a long time. I'm like, just write it down. You know, that's, you know, that, you know, like just yeah. write it down. Um, some of the, the best times to actually write down your affirmations and what you're really creating in the more is in the morning and at night. And the reason the thing is that these are these two times are called hypnagogic states. Right when you wake up in the morning, like you're sleeping Mm -hmm. and you wake up, it's it's that state between rest and wakefulness. So when you are in that middle ground state, we'll say in the hypnagogic state, you your subconscious is super impressionable. Right, and in this time, it's like the cheat code. This is like when you can say, "I am lovable." I am lovable. Write it down. You know, like a hundred times or as many times as you really want or have time for. And then your body starts to believe it. Your mind starts to believe it, and you start to really embody that—that you are lovable. Right, and
0: that's one type of yeah. Like (laughs) hacking the system. Here I am, like doing it (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) I'm like, I'm gonna wake up and write these down.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you can do them whenever you want. I still, yeah. I think that there's a lot of power in there, but people that are struggling, I always recommend do it right in the morning, as soon as you wake up yeah. and then right before you go to bed. And when I say right before you go to bed, this is like, after you've already put down your phone, you know, you're, you got the sheets basically up to your neck, you roll over, you mm-hmm. grab your notepad and you start writing. And it's like the pen and the paper is the last thing you touch before you close your eyes and then go off to sleep. And then your mind can kind of like work on this for that whole period of time that you're sleeping. And then you can kind of like create that manifestation and it rolls around your head. So yeah, that's like, you know, that's the pro tip. That's,
0: that's a secret sauce right there. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'm definitely going to use that. I was, you know, I was thinking about this. So I experienced trauma and my listeners know this, um, early 2020, I had like a really traumatic experience and it's so interesting because it was so easy for me to do the work. I really didn't have a ton of trauma in my like childhood in my, you know, we all have those micro traumas, but not a, like a big trauma. And Mm -hmm. now it's interesting to witness the difference in my thoughts since that Mm -hmm. trauma. Like I will, I'll just be on a walk and be like, I hate myself. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I can witness it and see it, but I'd never like it's just like this aggressive voice in the back of my mind that starts mm. to speak. And, and I've talked to the listeners about this, that, that it's interesting what that shame around trauma will start to feed your subconscious mind. And so it, just as you were saying that it's like, it's yeah. so interesting how much trauma shifts the dialogue in your mind and, yeah. and how much this work is so important. Cause it's like, I I'm witnessing it. And I know it's not true as it's, it's, as it's mm. speaking, Mm -hmm. but it's just giving it space to be there and like have a voice and Mm -hmm. witness it so that I can say, no, that's not actually true. But thank you for like showing me that there's still stuff here for me to heal, still stuff here for me to process, still stuff that needs to leave my energetic body so that I can really like move this out and move this through. It's fascinating. So I wanted to share that like in this conversation, because if you have experienced trauma, it's like, it does add another layer. Oh Yeah as someone who hadn't really had it, I was like, this work was so easy before. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. now it's, it's just different. It is Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. You said
1: something really interesting about trauma. And I just kind of want to specify that like there's no one scale for trauma. Right, mm-hmm. meaning like, oh, we all are on this one scale of trauma, and like, you know, going to war is a hundred, but you know, getting kicked in the shin is a seven. You know, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no existent tr- scale for trauma, and I, I want to just like reassure people that like. Your trauma scale is completely different than mine. So whatever yeah. happened to you and your trauma could be a hundred on your list. Right. Mm-hmm. But it might, it might occur to me as a 50. It might occur yeah. to someone else as a two. It's because yeah. it's based on their own trauma. So don't yeah. belittle little your trauma. Don't say it's micro trauma or macro trauma. You don't have to label it. Trauma's trauma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, whatever you're dealing with is is what you're dealing with. So just. Yeah. To, you know, be with it, to, you know, totally. honor, honor it for what it is. But um, I just don't want you to diminish it because, you know, trauma is like you were saying, it's life-changing in yeah. those moments that something happens. We create this idea about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We create that, Oh, maybe we deserve this or we're not good enough. Or we yeah. whatever idea we're creating in our mind yeah. tends to stick with us. Mm-hmm. And then it can be with us for a very, very long time until we're ready to, address it to be in that space of yeah. observance to maybe get help from a therapist or, you know, yeah. work with a coach or do whatever to try to really shift that for us. And yeah. it, it, there's no like time scale for that either. Right. Like people no. will, will
0: channel <laughs> for their whole life. Oh, uh, oh whole, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's like, God, I've been working. I, I've been working with a therapist for two years and it's like, there's mm. Still, stuff that I'm uncovering, and still new things and new ways that it shows up. It's so interesting. So, yeah, I like that you said that is like there is no time frame for healing it. It will, no. it'll happen where it happens.
1: You know, um, I don't, I know that you're saying you're working with a therapist, but I, so I've dealt with some trauma in my life as well. Right. And on my own trauma scale, but, um, one of the things that really shifted it for me, and I've been in therapy basically since I turned 18, since I was able to do it myself, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. Um, and for, so I've been in therapy for a long, long time, but one specific type of therapy that really shifted things for me was EMDR therapy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it.
0: Oh yeah. I, th- um it, it was in Gabby's I'm reading her Happy Days right now. Yes. Her, uh-huh. Yeah and she talked she's been, it's, that book has been helping me just like bring in new practices and new things so it's on my like radar
1: Yeah. So I I can share with you that like I did six sessions of EMDR therapy and it was like the equivalent of 10 years of traditional talk therapy for me. Oh my gosh. It really shifted something within me so deeply to my core. And I mean, I don't know all the details of it. I am not an EMDR therapist or anything. I'm not a therapist at all, but I will say that like when we have trauma, a lot of times it gets stuck in one side of our brain and it's, mm. we're not able to process it. It doesn't cross over so we can fully understand it. And, you know, then it comes up in triggers. It comes up in, you know, little life, whatever. Yeah. And it's like almost like a wound that we're not able to fully heal. But with EMDR therapy, what it does is that it basically, it. It's, it uses your, the sides of your body and the sensations of your body. So you can do it with your eyes, right? Working with a therapist, I would not recommend that you do this on your own, working with yeah. a therapist. Um, it's with eye movements or it can be with bilateral stimulation tapping. Um, it could be with, so the way that I did it was actually with two buzzers. There's mm-hmm. like a little machine, the therapist holds the machine and there's a buzzer in each hand and she controls the rate that it buzzes alternate, alternatively in your hand. So it's like buzz, 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 right, left, right, left, right, left kind of thing. And so When we have a sensation of buzzing or a tap on our right side, it's registered on our left side. When we have a sensation or buzzing on our Mm -hmm. left side or tap, it registers on this side. So it's constantly like this little like idea is going back and forth. This the sensation is being understood on our right side, left side, right side, left side. And then your therapist walks you through your trauma. And then guess what happens? Your trauma hitches a ride on the sensation and travels to the other
0: side of your head. What the heck? What the hell? Oh my god, that this is blowing, <laughs> and this is so. So I talk a lot about like the mind-body connection too on here because it like it always blows my mind how much like my physical ailments are matching like what's coming up for me in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, literally like a day ago before we had this conversation, I was thinking like, well, I know the trauma is stored on this side because it's like this shoulder is tight, this foot is cra- like it's like mm-hmm. this side of my body. I know that like that's where the energy is being stored, so it must be the opposite side of my brain. The listeners Mm -hmm. can't see my video right now, but it just amazes me that. Yeah. I totally know that where it's stored. I can feel it in my body, like where Mm -hmm. it needs to be unraveled, where the tension is, where my body is holding it. And this is just such a cool modality to maybe help me. Shift through some of that. Yeah, the first time that I actually like
1: even like learned about it was in a book uh, by Bessel van der Kolk, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. It's called The Body Keeps Score, and that book really mm. transformed my life because in it he was talking about people that were coming back from war and had seen gruesome things, and that was really really devastating, and how they were able to get through their PTSD with. Um, EMDR therapy. And then he had also worked on it with like people that had dealt with like non-war trauma, you know, like life trauma, kidnappings or whatever they were had dealt with um, in like, right, you know, quote unquote, regular life and uh, how, how really transformative it was for them. And it was like one line in the book, it said like, even the most severe trauma only needed, I think it was like 10 or 12 sessions. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly that, that was like literally what and I was like, "Wow, okay." And then like I immediately found a therapist that was in my area. I lived in Florida at the time. Um and went and did my sessions and I had to pay out of pocket. And it was it was pretty pricey. It was almost 200 and something dollars a session, but I was just like, That's worth let it. me go in all in yeah. I said, "Let me see what happens." And honestly, it completely shifted my life. It completely shifted the way that I understood what had happened, why it had happened, anything. And it it like took away the, out of it, you know. Like yeah. before, like I couldn't even talk about it, you know, in like closed circle circuits with my family or whatever, um, without getting teary-eyed or choking up or having a panic yeah. attack or anything like that. Yeah. And all of that is gone now. Right.
0: Oh my God. And yes. it's just like
1: it's it was just like a this this thing of freedom that happened. And like I said, I've I've been in therapy since I was 18. So for over two decades now, almost two decades. Yeah, and uh it's I mean, yeah, so anybody that's listening that has done, you know, dealt with trauma in the past, PTSD, whatever, don't. Um, and it doesn't have to be something m- macro trauma that you would put on a scale, you know, like, yeah, crazy. It could literally be something that your parents said to you, like, hey, you're a dumbass. And then you yeah. started to believe that. You oh, know? literally,
0: there's little (laughs) tiny ones (laughs) like I I think about there's a I I have a a friend that I go to the dog park with every morning she's a relationship psychologist so she's been helping Mm -hmm. me with like the relationships up but I'm like gosh I know where all like my avoided tendencies pinpointed from it It was like this sixth grade this boy had a crush on poke me in the stomach and call me fat and like from that day on Mm -hmm. I was I was like, I'm never going to like trust anyone. And it created Mm. this whole, that one moment, it was a 10 second interaction created a whole paradigm for my relationships moving forward. So it's like even unraveling some of those little things where it's like, I Mm -hmm. I know where it came from. I can intellectually, but my body is still responding the same way to these experiences. Yeah. yeah, I so I have cool. something I can share with you. You want to hear one of my? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs>
1: give me so, the dates. <laughs> yeah, I was like about ten years old, and I really wanted to become a singer. Um, I really really wanted to, so I joined the choir. So we're on the bleachers. It's like probably like forty kids. It's a big choir. Um, I'm laughing because we'll I wanted me.
0: to be a singer when I was a kid. Too. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <This> <laughs> is like, I was yeah. not good though. <laughs> I mean, I was. Okay. But anyways
1: my my choir teacher had called me down. She said, that come here." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is my opportunity. I'm gonna get that." Song like super excited so down. And she goes, listen, you can't sing. You probably shouldn't even talk. You're out of the choir. Like you have a terrible voice kind of thing. And I was like, in front of all 40 kids. And of course the whole, everybody else, the the plus 39 on the bleachers are just like cracking up. And I just sat there shrunk down into like this shriveled being, right? And in that moment, I had decided that she was right. And I had decided that I should not speak up. I did not have a voice. And essentially that my voice didn't have value and didn't matter. And it took me a long time, (laughs) like probably a decade or more to really be able to uncover this and move past that, right? And it continued to show up in my life as like, I would not speak up for myself. I would not go for that promotion. I didn't feel like I had something to add to the conversation, to any conversation, you know, and it was what like, once I I was able to identify that with shadow work and really like move past it, move through it, learn from it, grow from it. My life completely shifted. I literally talk for a living now. You know, like right, like literally talk for a living. I make You're here videos to use on TikTok. That boy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I you know, I, I work with clients when I want. I'm constantly in that space of speaking and discussing, and I know that my voice adds value, right? And I know that what I say matters now. But for many many years, I didn't, and I was like a very mm-hmm a quiet, timid person that was constantly in that space of being hurt from that one moment, from that one instance. Right. Um, so I think that that comes up for a lot of people in different ways. And, you know, you might look at that and be like, yeah, so this teacher was mean to you or whatever. Maybe she was right. Maybe I did have a terrible voice. I don't even know, but it doesn't matter. It was like, whatever happened in that moment and whatever I created for myself in that moment. And I had created that I had no value, that my voice didn't matter, that you know, all of these things. And then I continue to live my life along that being of a, along that idea of those were my beliefs, right? Yeah. And they're limiting beliefs and they were totally untrue. But I had continued to live with that.
0: Yeah. It's it's wild. And like as you were saying it too, it can almost feel to me on an energetic level, what happens is we pick up these identities and these imprints. And so it creates this pattern of us Mm -hmm. just repeating that cycle and it's showing up Mm -hmm. until we release that and do the work. Yeah, so I think so that, we were probably on the shadow work part when we got on our tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This on is a great tangent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back onto that. I'm sorry. I know. No, no, I no. Just, you're good. I, was I love everything like, <laughs> we're talking about. Exactly. That, so. This was
1: perfect and needed and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but the thing about what you're saying about how it comes back up again and again in our life, it's actually called repetition compulsion. So sometimes we're given the same situation with a different mm. face, you know, maybe that really picky boss, maybe that really crappy boyfriend again and again and again, mm-hmm. you're Dating different people, but it ends up being kind of the same situation. What's yep. <laughs> happening there is like you're really giving yourself the opportunity to, to try to kind of have this go a different way this time. Learn a different lesson in this experience, right? And once you truly learn that, you're not gonna have that repetition anymore. But okay, let's get let's get back to the six steps that I was talking about. We were we were in the space of of uh, affirmations. Yes. Yes. We're ta- on step number three, affirmations. So I was I was mentioning there's two types of affirmations. Affirmations. One is like creating an affirmation, um, the opposite of what your limiting belief was, right? So if, if your limiting belief was, I'm not lovable, you create, I am lovable. There's another type of affirmation, it's so a longer affirmation that is more specifically dealt towards what you are, are in the space of manifesting. And it starts out with, I am, because I am is a powerful statement. Then you add in an emotion. My emotion that I always use is happy and grateful. Then you say, now that, because you're putting in the positive present tense, it's not when, it's now. I'm creating it now, I'm declaring it. You know, um, you know, and then you say whatever it is that you're manifesting. So in the space of a relationship, it might look something like I am so happy and grateful now that I have an incredible supportive partner who is loving, caring, and funny, right? Right. And that would be your affirmation that then you work on, that you write about all these things. And then you kind of carry it to the next step. So, step number four is all about feelings. Feelings are so important. And I kind of had touched on this earlier about the high vibrational emotions, right? Love, happiness, gratitude. Those are high vibrational emotions. So, when you are in that space of writing down your affirmations, about thinking about your affirmations, thinking about your manifestations, make sure that you're in that emotional state. Make sure that you're in that high vibrational state. Feel the feelings of what it's like to be with that partner feel the feelings of what it's like to, to earn that amount of money, feel the feelings of what it's like to drive that car. Like, what is that, that feeling tap into that. Right. Because a lot of times we might think that, Oh, it's coming from that brand new car. I'm going to have this sense of bravado or whatever it is. Um, But really it's like when you start to feel that it might come to you in so many different ways in your life. So feelings are super important, but they're also the jet fuel of manifesting. And, and I mean, if I had to pick one out of the top three that I mentioned, it would be love right? Mm -hmm. So like when you are feeling that experience of love, it really shifts things. It really gets your manifestations going and moving with velocity. So that's important. And then step number five, just to keep us rolling on this, step number five is all about visualization, Right. And visualization specifically is not like when you're watching a movie, when I'm watching myself strolling down the beach with, you know, Prince Charming. It's me on that beach feeling the sand on my toes and my hand holding Prince Charming's hand and looking at Mm -hmm. him. Right. It's me being there. I am the main character. Right. That's the space of visualizing. I smell that ocean water. I am walking with my toes and I feel that sand upon my toes. I can look over and see my Prince Charming holding my hand, right? That's the space of visualization. And that's where the power is. It's really like putting you into the actual scene. It's you creating exactly what it is that you're creating for your future. We're manifesting 24 hours a day we're manifesting 24 hours a day all the time it's a matter of if you're consciously doing it or if you're doing it unconsciously mm-hmm. from that space of a default limiting belief worry fear whatever
0: right yeah. so um, then so <laughs> i'm just thinking this this morning i literally walked past this car and i was like i don't know why but i need this like it was an audi and i was like I don't know why, but like, this is the car. And I've been looking at like Broncos and like more like SUV mm-hmm. types. And I was like, no, I can literally feel myself like whipping down the highway and like around corners in the mountains. So it was like, all of a sudden I could feel it and sen- sense it. And mm. it was like instantly connected to this visualization that I was seeing. I was like, Oh, a sports car. Never thought about that. Like it was like a Ooh. whole new like realm of manifestation. And so I was mm. like, as you're talking through this, it's like I could connect to that feeling and what it would be like to be, like sit in the seats and like feel yes. the leather on my skin and like feel the summer breeze coming through my face and like yes. wa- feeling myself like whip around the corners in the mountains. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a different experience. Like this, I can connect to. Yeah. And so I think one thing I want to add to that is like sometimes going back to the clarity piece is like sometimes you're trying to connect to something that your ego wants rather than what your soul mm. is like, no, this is the desire right now. Yes. Right. And so I was mm-hmm. like, or just like, you don't know until you've had the the contrast, mm-hmm. right? Like me driving, I could totally see myself driving the Ford Bronco. I could like, it, it's a really cool car, but the moment I saw that audio is like, Ooh, it was like, my whole body was tingling it, it, and maybe it'll change next week, right? Like flavor of the week. But I could actually connect into what it felt like rather than being like, no, that would be really cool. It was like, no, I could totally feel this. I'd experience this on a cellular level. You hit the
1: nail right on the head with that about like the senses, right? When your visualization, you felt it. It wasn't yes. just like, you were like in the car, you felt the leather, you felt that you smelled the smell of the new car, the wind was mm-hmm. going through. Car. That is ideal definitely yes. be in that space of using your senses all all five your senses you know like really like being able to tap into it and feel Feel that visualization because then you bring it closer to your reality. You're really like mm-hmm. experiencing it. Um, and so the sixth step is all about being an aligned action, aligned action really, really matters. And so like, for you with the car, it might be you going to an auto dealership and test driving a car, mm-hmm. seeing what your financing options are, right. Mm-hmm. Seeing, maybe looking in the used car thing, you know, seeing like that, maybe it's like getting your car prepared to sell your current car, being prepared to sell it. So then you can mm-hmm. move into, you know, like all of these little things that you can do in your life, To kind of take the next step, take the next step. But when you are in the space of aligned action, you don't need to see the whole path to the new Audi, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to take that one step in faith and then you'll see the next step. And then maybe you'll see the next step. And then you'll see the next step, right? And you kind of go with that. But when you get so um, kind of caught up on the how, how does this manifestation come to me if you try to force it?
0: That's when it doesn't happen, right? It's like you have to would use like i used to crunch numbers in my business and be like how how, how can i like hit my income goal and then i was mm. like at this i don't even care like i just like doing this work the money will come and the moment i did that it was like oh it amplified because it was detached from how it needed to come through i just had kind of a desire a range what i wanted to play in mm. and it was like boom boom, boom expanse i love that
1: yeah. And and everything starts to shift when you start to move in faith, right? Mm-hmm. And um it's it's really about detaching yourself from the how. I always say like the how is none of your business. <laughs> you know, you know what your goal is and what you're working towards, but the how is none of your business. Mm-hmm. And this comes up for a lot of people when they're manifesting money. And they'll yeah. say like, I'm going to manifest money from my job. I'm going to get a bonus at my job. And that's how I'm manifesting money. That's how I'm going to get this $20,000. I'm going to win the lottery. And they got so fixated yes. on the how, right. And that's like, there's millions of different ways that money can come to you. But when you're so fixated on, this is the only mm-hmm. way you're limiting yourself. You're limiting mm-hmm. yourself so, so dynamically. And it's really important to just keep your options open. You know, maybe that $20,000 is going to come to you from an insurance check, or, you know, yeah. it's going to come to you from a relative who passed or, it's going to come to you from, you know, your taxes that had been overpaid. You don't, you never know how money's going to yeah. come to you. Right. But when you leave those options open, it's like yeah. a powerful way to be able to be in that space of attraction and creation.
0: Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. It's like, in, and relaying it specifically to business too. It's like when you're so attached from getting a certain number of people or a certain dollar amount in a launch, like that's really cool. But the moment you mm-hmm. detach from it, it almost allows it to come in in ways that you didn't expect and it's amplified because there's not this resistance around it. And so yeah, one of the things I always talk about with my clients now that I've kind of learned this through trial and error is creating that space for it to not just come in through this one way and not have mm. it, ta- not, not force it to be a certain dollar amount in a program and just set mm-hmm. those intentions and just be open to however it comes through. Cause it, to me it comes through easier when I'm not attached to it coming through a certain program or a certain launch or for my one-on-ones or whatever it may be. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, can I offer you something here? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh,
1: it's trial till success.
0: Mm.
1: Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause on the other side of of the trial, it's either error or success. So a lot of times people will say like trial and error, but no, it's really trial till success. Trial till success. Yes. Yeah. So one of the concepts of manifesting is, you know, our language creates our world, our words Mm -hmm. create our world and where our focus goes grows. So when you are speaking error, when you're continuing to put your focus on error, you're creating more of that in your life. Mm -hmm. But when you're speaking success, and you're putting your focus on successful well, guess what you're being able to create more of that in your world as well so
0: yeah trial to success i love that little shifts yes amazing <sighs> I'm going to check the time here. I could talk to you literally all day. I feel like we could have (laughs) 12 conversations. We may need to bring you back on the the podcast. I definitely want to, at some point in time, talk to you about conscious parenting. So maybe we can schedule a follow-up at some point in time. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Um, Anything else that you're feeling called to leave the listeners with today around manifestation, around shadow work, around self-worth? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think I can tie this into conscious parenting too. I have mm-hmm. two little kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I know that I used to say this when I was a young kid and now my daughter is saying it because we teach her about manifesting and about creating and about, you know, not getting caught up on your mistakes. Right. A lot of times mm-hmm. it's been like a conscious effort for us to like, be like, Oh, you spilled this milk. Okay. Well, what do you do? We clean it up, you know, and not being in that space of you spilled the milk, you ruined the day, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like this moment of us understanding it's okay to make a mistake. Well, what do we do now? right so it stops you from like being paralyzed from that mistake but just really like being able to move to the next step of how do i clean this up do i have to say sorry do i have to get a napkin you know like whatever that situation but anyways yeah. so she one day she was talking about manifesting what she's manifesting as a pony right now okay she's manifesting for yourself, <laughs> how does mom feel about that <laughs> i mean we do we we have a farm
0: so i'm like we could oh, get a I pony love, yeah <laughs> yeah. We have it, a little, it's not a little... like you're living in the city trying to fit a pony in a... <laughs> no no yeah and so i mean she she definitely
1: could get a pony. We don't have immediate ideas of it, but she really wants a pony and she's been on it for a while. She's always loved Mm -hmm. horses. So possibilities are there, but anyways, so she, her whole thing is like I'm manifesting a pony. That's just what it is. My, my horse is coming to me. You know, she has these ideas Mm -hmm. and she'll draw pictures of her horse. She'll really be in that space of creating creation. She can't yet really write full sentences. She's only four. She'll, but she'll draw pictures because that's her form of creation, putting pen to paper, how we Mm -hmm. were talking about. Right. So for a lot of people, if writing is not your thing, look into the space of drawing, look to the space of creating and see if that's one way that you can put your energy into it. But my point of bringing up my kids was um, she had said this thing about manifesting that I had said when I was little and it's um, when I manifest it's, it's, I think it with my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like the purest definition of manifesting. It's like you think it with your heart, you're thinking it with your emotions, with your feeling, with your true, like desire and guidance. In your faith, Uh, you know, she knows she's getting that horse. I don't know how we feel about it, but she's in that (laughs) space of faith that she really knows it. So when we exist in a space of faith, like our manifestations come, come through and come true to us. And faith is very different than hope. Right, this is something else people get caught up on. They say, "Oh yeah, I hope it's going to come true." Well, hope mm-hmm. it's like a waffle. Yeah, <laughs> either
0: way, hope yeah,
1: it's a desire that something's going to come true. But when you when you are in that space of manifesting with faith, and you're in that space of knowing that it's coming to you. That's, that's a secret sauce, right? That's a secret sauce of
0: manifesting. So I'll just, I'll leave you guys with that, but I would love to come back and talk to you about conscious parenting. I would um, love that. I feel like we could have multiple conversations. I always try to keep them under an hour just because I know for me, if an episode is over an hour, I'm like, Oh yeah, oh, that feels hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, So let's, let's have you back at some point in time, whenever your schedule opens up. And we'll have a whole conversation about conscious parenting. I'm an auntie now. So for the listeners, this is something that I want to learn more about how to speak and how to let the little kiddos like guide themselves. I just Mm -hmm. think what you just said, your daughter said about thinking it with your heart. They're so Mm -hmm. wise and they're so So pure. It's like, Mm -hmm. God, we have so much to learn from them. So I think it'd be Mm -hmm. a great follow-up conversation to everything we talked about today. Yeah, I would love it. Yeah, let's make it happen. Awesome. And then where can the listeners find you? Where do you like to hang out? Yeah, for Your sure. energy so is I, awesome. I know people
1: want to connect with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm on TikTok. Um, my TikTok username is Latha underscore J. So it's L-A-T-H-A underscore J-A-Y. I'm on Instagram, my uh username on Instagram is Latha underscore J underscore. So it's L A T H A underscore J A Y, another underscore. Um, I'm verified on both. So I got that blue check mark. Make sure that you follow the account with the check mark, um, just because there are other fake accounts and scammers and stuff like that. So yeah, make sure totally. that you are following me. But yeah, I would, you know, I'm and I do have available availability in my one-on-one sessions as well as a group coaching program that I run that is absolutely fantastic. Um, there has been so many transformations. It. I, I mean, I get messages every single day from people in the group saying like, this changed my life. Like, this is just really like shifted things for me. The message I got this morning was actually from someone who was able to start to release weight because she started to see her body mm-hmm. in a different way. Right. And it was oh. so powerful to me because it was like, so, so near and dear to my heart. I've dealt with weight issues in the past too. And just being able to give guidance to someone now and it being so transformational in their life, it's just like. I know I'm on my path now. Right. Yeah. Like I was saying before, when I was in medical school, I knew I wasn't on my path. Yeah. I, knew I wasn't following my dharma. And now yeah. I know I'm in my dharma. I know I'm on that path that I'm supposed to be. I am serving my life purpose the way that it was meant to be served.
0: You can definitely feel it. You just have an energy about you. And it's been so wonderful being able to be a part of your energy and a part of this conversation. So thank you for sharing your light with us all here. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be back. So Awesome. Yes.